0: Saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO Christ for You Anytime, Anywhere. Today is Thursday, August the 26th, and we gather this next hour around the gift of the inspired and true Word of God and continue to connect the dots from the Old Testament to Jesus in Hebrews chapter 11. This is the great faith chapter of Hebrews. It is so much fun to be on. I'm excited to be able to dig into this in three separate study sessions with wonderful theologians as we look and receive this uh, this idea of faith. It's like a proverb. Um, Theologians talk about the first verse, and then we see how God's righteousness works in the people in this faith. It's almost like going back to Sunday school and hearing kind of a cliff note, note version of what happened with Abel and Enoch and Abraham and Sarah and go down the whole list. And their example, it says in scripture, still speaks to us today. But knowing that the main focus is in that in these last days, the Son still speaks to us today. The gifts are ready, ready for you. A special thanks to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support of Thy Strong Word. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information. lhfmissions.org. To help us be strengthened by God's Word, we have the joy of having with us Pastor Dave Hines of Trinity Lutheran Church in Sauk Rapids, Minnesota. Pastor Hines, welcome back to Thy Strong Word.
1: Thank you very much, Brady. It's a joy to be a part of this.
0: Pastor, uh, you've been on before, um, but give us an update. uh, How is God at work for you, your family, and and the work of the saints at Trinity Lutheran Church?
1: Uh, Well, it's getting near the fall, and thankfully we're starting to get back to activities at the church, so there's much more of a flourish of activity, uh, which is exciting to see as we dive into Bible studies and Sunday school and confirmation and those kinds of things. Uh, It's just a great time to be a Christian. I keep repeating that because even though the world is uh, looking more and more frightful and the things are uh, in less less a place of sense of security and peace. Uh, We Christians are becoming more and more distinct because we have a great, wonderful gift, the gift of God, which in Christ Jesus brings lasting joy and peace, no matter the circumstances. So things for my family are well. Uh, We got to travel to Michigan and see my parents, whom I haven't seen because of lockdown situation for two years, Uh, what a joy that was. And uh, now we're getting ready for the school year. And uh, so as with many of the listeners, there's a, the fall is coming and we're getting excited about it.
0: If I'm correct, I saw today that your children started school today, at least two of them started school today.
1: Yeah, yeah, my youngest too. my 16 year old, he starts in a, a week and a half. But uh, the sixth grader and second grader uh, both began today. They'll be home in about an hour. Uh, they have a half day. But uh, yeah, pretty excited. And I gotta say, my, my my second grader was totally excited. She's been ready for like two weeks, and my sixth grader got up and went to school because he had to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Much I as love you'd it. expect. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Good and stuff. it. Yesterday we had uh, Pastor Ben Dose, who's in Iowa, and Iowa starts about two well, two weeks earlier than typical Minnesota schools as far as public schools. Um, your children go to private school. That's why they're starting before Labor Day, because, you know, there's kind of this unwritten rule, at least in the Midwest, that you can't start anything until after the state fair. Um, so That's, that, that's right. <laughs> that's that's kind of right. how it works. It's crazy.
1: So anyways, the state fair. Well, it's, yeah, um, it's all the uh, 4-H kids, you know.
0: All the 4-H make sure kids. They have
1: time to do their 4-H stuff.
0: Absolutely. So it's it's a reminder, as I said yesterday, to pray for our parents as their children go to school. Um, pray for our kids as some of them, like you said, run in the door, and some walk in just because they have to. Um, and for the teachers <laughs> as they care and form our young people, uh, private or public schools. Um, to for their future and service here um, and also in the Lord's kingdom. So um, pa- pastor, uh, as we look at that and we and we as you said, so well, it's a great time to be a Christian, part of realizing that is looking to the past and and realizing that it has been faith that connects us to the Lord but also to people who came before us. So pastor, as we join in faith, can you begin our time in prayer?
1: Please, let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. It is a gift given by you, implanted into us, who call you Lord and call your Son Savior, because you have blessed us with your Spirit. Lord, thank you for the great witnesses of the faith that we have known from your Word in the past, the great Abrahams and Moseses and Noahs of of times before, as we've seen how faith held them close and how you provided. Lord, thank you for the witnesses of the faith that we see today around us, men and women who walk by faith, not knowing what the outcome will be. Lord, we pray that by your grace, we might follow your son, Jesus, that by faith, we might walk with him, not knowing what the outcome is in terms of today or tomorrow, but knowing the outcome has been won for us. Grant us as we study your word, a vibrant faith that would cling to things not seen, knowing that they are true, that they are real, because you live. Lord Jesus, thank you for this time and for your word, for the examples you give to us, and even more, the grace given to us, the spirit given to us that we might believe. Please watch walk with us that we might walk by faith. In your name we pray, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, ever one God. Amen.
0: Amen. If you have any questions as we study this great faith chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, drop us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, or give us a call, 314-821-0850. 314-821-0850. Now, Pastor, I do have an announcement, and it's going to actually happen in our state here in Minnesota, is that tomorrow I am meeting uh, another guest, a regular guest that we have named Pastor John Lukomsky, for he lives in the summer months in Northfield, Minnesota. So we've been inviting people to join us for lunch tomorrow at 1130, downtown Northfield, Minnesota, to eat at Hogan Brothers. So uh, Pastor John and I will be wearing our KFUO shirts. And Pastor Hines, you're invited as well to drive all the way down the Northfield to have sandwiches um, (laughs) and join us with all the joy. What do you think of that invitation?
1: That sounds great. Thank you. Friday's are my day off, too, so I look forward yeah, exactly. to that. That's
0: a what a deal. You know, it's, yeah, what a deal for you. But anyways, pastor, pastor John lives in Northfield. My sister, as you know, um, Pastor mm-hmm. Hines served with my father uh, as, a, as a pastor in Alexandria, Minnesota, so he knows who my sister is. She went to school in St. Olaf, which is in Northfield, so I have fond memories of eating at Hogan Brothers, and he's there. So we've been talking about a long time, but we wanted to do it. So you are invited, our listeners, to join us. 11.30. I I think Pastor John Lukomsky is willing to pay, but I can't verify that for sure. That might be a lie. But um, anyways,
1: put that on air for him. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I
0: hope he's listening. Anyways, tomorrow, 1130 Hogan brothers join us. uh, And uh, Pastor Hines, one person told us this. They're like, well, how are we going to know who you are? And I think a lot of times if you walk into a, a a restaurant or something, you probably can pick out the Missouri Synod pastors in the room. It's just kind of one of those things. You can just tell who they are. What do you think?
1: You are not going to have a problem. If you go to Hogan Brothers, you'll get a very good sandwich and you'll be able to see uh, both of these men pretty easily. (laughs) And remember, they're going to (laughs) be identified with their uh, guy, strong word. So They're going to be okay. You'll know them.
0: Yeah, you'll know who we are. But he'll probably
1: have his hands in the air waving. Blanked That's right. I'll be waving it. Everyone waving who walks that'll be, that'll in, I'll be Brady. waving. Yep. That's right. That's, That's right. pretty much.
0: So Brady and I have lunch
1: frequently, so I know how he conducts himself. So.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Calm and conducted at all times. Okay. Right. So right. today we are talking about faith and talking <laughs> about the Word of God. So Pastor Hebrews 11 is a well-known chapter. And I admit, as I studied this, a lot of times I just run through it. Like I would just I'm like, wow, that's cool. That name's great. I remember that story, yes. And I just plow through it. I get to 12 and let me fix my eyes on Jesus. And I've never really stopped and really dug into this chapter. So as we look at this, it highlights faith. And how do you want to highlight or background or introductory thoughts you have as we study this, slowly study this great chapter of Holy Scripture?
1: Well, you know, of all the chapters you could have given me to work on with you, this was sort of a softball
0: Oh, I nice. mean, uh, okay. there,
1: there's some, some sections of Scripture that are really tough to, to sort out, but this <laughs> has so much richness, you almost can't screw it up. So mm. thank you for that, because uh, I could probably screw it up otherwise. Uh,
0: Amen. What
1: I, uh, a, couple of, a couple of introductory things. First of all, that first sentence is one of the greatest definitions of faith given internally in Scripture. Assurance of things hoped for. A conviction of things not seen. And that's a two-pronged thing. There's assurances of hopes, conviction about what's invisible, assurance. uh, the, The Greek word hypostasis there literally means reality, that faith is based on something substantial, something concrete, something real. And then conviction literally is a proof or convincing or a conviction of bringing to light that substantial thing that is real, that's held on to. Faith clings to something solid and they see it whether others see it or not. But this, this for me personally, the repetition of this by faith, uh, when I read it, yeah, you can get enamored with the names and kind of lose track of it until you get the end. But it does two things for me, Brady, as we'll read this today. I hope it does it for the listeners as well. First, it encourages me to live by faith, Hmm. to be like these stalwarts that I look up to as maybe when I was a kid, you know, the Sunday school stories. And and if you'll let me wax eloquent for just a minute, Hmm. uh, there are some members included in this Biblical Hall of Fame, uh, but there's some others that aren't included that still were striving by faith. These are just the ones mentioned. And I think in our culture, we tend to fancy being the next LeBron James or the next Tom Brady or something like that. We have arguments in society about who's the GOAT player in one sport or another or the, the greatest of all time in any sport. And we, we may throw an actor on a pedestal, but that's becoming rarer. And we never talk about civil leaders that way today. Instead, we tend not to aspire to biblical greats, (laughs) but we spend more time elevating people who help us be distracted in life. Uh, Even with the popularity of the Marvel and DC comic movies, the heroes, uh, it seems obvious that we're looking for heroes to aspire to. But again, we're choosing heroes that distract us from reality. I think we've basically decided that life right now is really tough. Uh, Anxiety and depression are on the rise. We're divided in many areas. Uh, We're isolated and we fear what's out there. We, we upheave and degrade our past. Uh, That's not giving us a sense of security and it not really giving us a hope for the future. In some ways, our country seems less certain than ever. You know, you look at our efforts in Afghanistan, and I'm not trying to make this a political thing, but uh, our efforts in Afghanistan are beginning to feel like a failure and our soldiers are in danger. We are paralyzed in many corners by a virus and now divided over a vaccine. Our nation is polarized. The world can't provide heroes who step in, only ones that distract. Hmm. And when we read this by faith chapter, we see people clinging to a promise of God who steps in. And and the Christian story is a different one. So I see these people, and it encourages me to be walking by faith, but it also reminds me that I'm not alone. By faith means that Christ walks with us, that God is our refuge and strength. This isn't a distraction. It's more of an insertion. After all, Jesus inserted himself into the life of people uh, to redeem them. And these people who clung to the promises of God, they walked in real life uh, to, to find and discover God at work for them for eternity. And they didn't know the outcomes, just like we don't. But by faith, they walked into real life, faced real challenges, and saw God overcome all things. That's not just these people, but it's countless others, and that includes us we're we're not alone in this and that gives me as i say great courage so i'll throw that out as my introduction as we dive into some of these people mentioned
0: it, it's it's wonderful first of all i had to look up what wax eloquent means because i'm not very <laughs> linguistically uh, astute and so i looked it up and and you did exactly what it is you talk for a while um so <laughs> and and i really yeah, like I how Yeah, you did. And and, uh, I really like how you uh, brought it back on how if we're going to look out at the world and say, wow, look how great everything is. Well, we're going to find all the bumps and bruises and brokenness every single corner under every single rock. Um, But here the author beautifully tells the Jewish people, the Hebrew people to look back. And notice he doesn't go through every single um, story. He doesn't go through all the kings and say, look how horrible they were. He doesn't do that, but he shows the, the part that connects us in verse three, which we'll get to. He says, by faith, we understand. So he connects it not only to, um, to, to the, the people of the old, but he connects us with them. You know, puts us, lifts us up literally to their same level because it is faith that connects us, which we'll be able to dig into even more here. But yeah, that, that was a yeah. wonderful introduction. And so I want to start, I want to start digging into the text here and then we can share mm-hmm. more. But really, we don't have to go very far because I just want to read verses um, verse one. Um, you know what? I lost my note here for a moment. Here we go. Verse one. We'll just read verse one and talk about what does this, Dr. Kleine calls it a proverb, Of faith. So I really want to unpack that. So, verse one now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Now, I want to, before I want to hear your thoughts here, Pastor, is in verse 39 in chapter 10, he speaks about how these are people that he's speaking to of faith. Uh, we are not ones who shrink back and are destroyed, but we are those who have faith and preserve their souls. So he's definitely, he's incorporating these people into this saying, you have faith and here's what this means. So verse one, what is, I mean, this is a commonly used verse. What is it telling us in verse one?
1: Well, I, I'd like to dig in more to uh, Dr. Kleinig's comment about it being a, a proverb, mm-hmm. a statement that kind of is a general uh truth about life. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You know, as I was playing around with with the meaning of the words there themselves, Mm -hmm. uh, I kind of mentioned that uh, there's a two pronged aspect to that. there's assurance and there's conviction. And the hoped for thing is uh, uh, being technical, according to the Greek, a substantive item. It's something real. Now that's interesting because the faith that we're holding to here in in Hebrews 11 is very specific, even though it's not mentioned. It's the promise of God. Hmm. And that is real. And it plays out. That's one of the beauties of looking back, uh, I think, in this chapter, is the people he chose. You you can almost wonder on a few of them, like Abel. Uh, Was Abel thinking, gosh, this sacrifice is so great, especially now that my brother's trying to kill me?
0: (laughs) Right, right.
1: And we'll get there. But he trusted that the Lord provided, and he responded. And he wasn't worried about consequence, he just did. And the Lord took care of the rest. Faith clings to what God has said he'll do, and then it's convinced that god's going to do it
0: and so pastor as we as we look at that I, I found a number of different references to this is I feel like we could probably spend the rest of our hour just looking at verse one because like you probably. said it's it, yeah it's it's not a definition like this is the final definition you know verse one boom done Um, but it does give us a lot of of realities for us to realize when our own faith life is okay what what do I have faith in something substantive like you said so beautifully and what is that it's the promise of God I was always reading about it not only is a promise right now which is we would say forgiveness, life and salvation is a very commonly used line from the small catechism of this is what we have substantive now, but also we have the hope of something in the future, something better. I mean he speaks about that all the time um, in Hebrews. and I love this line, and I want to get your thoughts on this, for he says, uh, Dr. Kleining says in his commentary, and it just it just he's plows through it the whole book and he says that that this hope is of eschatological good things, meaning future things of heaven, which are better things, heavenly realities, such as the world to come, ages to come, salvation, eternal inheritance, heavenly homeland, the heavenly city, the unshakable kingdom, the holy things in the heavenly sanctuary and the heavenly place of rest. This is what we hope for and know is real. So he is... (laughs) He really points to this and brings so much into it. in one verse showing us that we can have hope, as you said at the beginning of our time, it's great to be a Christian. Why? Because no matter what happens, we still have hope. Um, and, and he's pointing us to that future hope. And I think that's where he unpacks that beautifully, that sometimes we talk about all we talk about is we're going to heaven someday. Well, for Pete's sake, look at all the stuff that Hebrews talks about for what heaven will be and how can we not have hope in that? So what are your thoughts?
1: My first thought is we should use the word eschatological a lot more often because it's really just fun to say.
0: It is fun to say. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like wax you eloquent, just, yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But but eschatological has to do with the end of things, what comes next. And Dr. Klein does spell it out very well. And I've often thought, you know, faith, hope, and love, Paul, this is a little off Hebrews, but Paul talks about faith, hope, and love, these three remain, but the greatest of these is love. And and when I think about faith, faith is clinging to something that will eventually become experience. You trust the promises of God, but at some point you will experience those promises. They'll be fulfilled. Some have already been fulfilled. Hope, hope is anticipating a future, But eventually that future is going to come and it will be your reality so what is it that you really put your hope in And, and i think in this first verse faith is the assurance of things hoped for the conviction of things not seen if that was in webster's dictionary uh anybody could apply it to really anything they put their hope and their faith in i trust my leaders i trust myself i trust this relationship i trust something Uh, i hope that this happens and the hope there becomes like this wish i'm i'm wishing upon a star that something good will happen that i want to have happen to me that's not the context of hebrews 11 it's not a general proverb for anybody anywhere this actually only comes from a relationship with a lord who makes and makes good on promises And so that opens a whole set of things. And as you described, and Kleinig does beautifully, uh, it opens this world of what has God really promised? And there certainly are earthly things, but there are heavenly things, which uh, I would agree, we, we undervalue greatly. I remember a confirmation student finally broke the middle of a class to say, I think heaven's going to be boring. And I said, okay, tell me what's going to happen in heaven. He said, well, it's stupid. We're all going to be just, and and I'm sorry, I know I'm not supposed to think this way, but we're all going to be sitting on clouds playing harps. And I said, that's your vision of heaven. He said, well, that's what it says. And I said, no, it doesn't. But I agree with you, that would be terrible. (laughs) Why? Because I like clouds, but I don't necessarily want to spend every day sitting on one playing a harp. Uh, That doesn't mean harps and clouds aren't bad or are bad, uh, but that's not really what the promise is. And if you consider all the vastness of what is yet to come for you in Christ, you really wouldn't be so concerned about the pains and struggles of this world. And that's what God gives. And faith clings to those things. God has said, it will be and it will be just as in genesis chapter one good Mm -hmm. now there's a fulfillment here when you look back to the past if you look far enough back you'll see the future god speaks and it is good good it's exciting i think
0: it, it, oh, it's, it's it's phenomenal. You have those moments where this year for our, um, we're going to try to do a family focus of, of of Sunday school once a month that everybody's basically studying the same subject. Um, and one of the subjects going to be is what will heaven be like? And it's going to be so much fun to be able to make sure everyone's on the same page. We're going to be able to proclaim what the Bible actually says. And when you actually read what the Bible actually says about what it will be like when Christ returns, how can you not be excited! How can you not be joyful? How can you not have hope? And I do want to address this one thought I had: is I once heard a speaker speaking about faith, and he was specifically—he's a creation speaker, so he, he's a scientist who speaks on creation. And he does a great job of always connecting it back to Christ. And he once asked a bunch of kids in a high school, a Christian high school, about what is faith. As he was talking about looking at Genesis and creation and everything that God promises, and and the definition that the kids kind of all agreed upon—these are probably junior high kids—to be um, mm-hmm. to be to be fair—is that they said um, faith is when you believe something you know isn't true, <laughs> and and that's not that's not good. Um, that's not a good definition, and it, it, that's not the biblical account. And I think sometimes we don't speak about the future hope as real. Like we kind of speak about it like it's harps and clouds, right? or we talk about the current, it's not really real. It's just kind of a, a feeling type of thing. But no, the beauty of what Scripture tells us is that these things are real. You're forgiven now, that you're, you're baptized now, that you're receiving the body and blood of Christ, the real physical body and blood of Christ now, that heaven is waiting for you, but it is there now. I mean, it's it's somewhat one of those things that is, it's real, it's now. And it's, I, I love how you keep saying this, that there's substance to this. There's reality to this. Conviction is... Is not in something, it might be unseen, but that doesn't mean it's not real. Pastor, we have about a minute left before our break. Any last thoughts before we get to our break?
1: Just reiterating that culturally, uh, that's where millennials and, and younger generations are at, is that there's uh, science and technology have proven things to be, quote, true. Uh, and so they assume those things, like evolution is true. But I believe this other thing, and they seem okay with putting faith in something that isn't necessarily in their mind true, but it's true for them. And that's not the way the God of Scripture operates. It just isn't. His His, His reality isn't something we just hold out as a nice idea. It's actually concrete. It plays out. Uh, He makes good.
0: And we are going to hit more on this on the other side of our break. We are studying Hebrews chapter 11 with Pastor David Hines, and we'll be right back.
2: Our listeners and supporters are talking about Worldwide KFUO.
0: One of my real aspirations is to set my mind on things above where Christ is. That's hard in that world of distraction. KFUO is really helping
2: me to fix my mind on things above, to meditate on the things of Christ.
0: You've been very helpful to me, and I appreciate it.
2: To leave a message on the KFUO comment line, call 314-996-1542. Worldwide KFUO.
0: On this Thursday, August 26, 2021, KFUO Radio thanks our day sponsors, Jean and Carolyn Shackelford of Eldersburg, Maryland. Jean and Carolyn made a gift to KFUO in thanksgiving to the Lord for their church, Faith Lutheran in Eldersburg, Maryland, and for the blessing of their pastor, Reverend Christopher Sperb, saying, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Jean and Carolyn Shackelford, for helping us share the gospel and for being today's KFUO day sponsors. In 1924, by the grace of God, KFUO began broadcasting the good news of Christ for you. A long part of this history is bringing new worship services to hear and receive the good gifts of God in His words. This Sunday morning, join us for services from Trinity Lutheran Church in Jefferson City at 8 a.m. and Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Chesterfield at 10.30, as well as Bible study from St. Paul's Lutheran Church in De Pere at 9.30. Hear Christ for you in Sunday morning services on KFUO. KFUO <laughs> And welcome back. We are studying Hebrews chapter 11 with David Hines of Trinity Lutheran Church in Sauk Rapids, Minnesota. And and Pastor Hines, as we've covered the first verse, like we said, we could spend another half an hour on it. It, it does catapult us into the rest so that we have faith as an understanding of something real. That this hope is something now, but also in the future, which is really amazing to to think about, incomprehensible in in so many ways. And this conviction is something that didn't start with us, but it was of those before us. So I want to read verses 2 and 3 and get your thoughts in these verses because it continues to, I want to say, catapult us to people like Abel and Noah and everybody else to show us uh, how we are united as one body of Christ. So two and three. For by it, the people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So, Pastor, he continues to move forward, and the language is uh, we. He's kind of incorporating us into it, but what is he all saying in those two verses?
1: Well, again, this is just an exciting section of Scripture, Brady, and, and I'm thrilled to be able to talk with you about it. Uh, the people of old received their commendation. Now, is he talking about the people he's going to mention, or is he talking about all the people who walked by faith? before Christ came. Uh, The people of old received their commendation. What does that mean? I I think those are fascinating thoughts. By faith, we understand. And then he gives that first principle of faith, so to speak. The universe was created by the word of God. And you'll remember I said that if you look far enough to the things that are yet to come, you'll find out it takes us back to the very beginning when God created by his word. Um, and that was out of nothing, something became visible. Uh, Really awesome that you have this description of faith, and the people of old followed that description, and God approved of them. If we're we're looking at commendation, they received his approval, or did they receive the approval of others? Perhaps there's both going on there. Because this list describes people whom others who are believers would know. After all, if we walk down a, uh, uh, go to a museum and walk down a hallway of, of important people in our history, and they're all people we've never heard of, we might be a little confused. Matter of fact, if we don't know any of these people uh, or think much of them, we probably wouldn't come to the museum in the first place.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But these people were known to be examples of faith. And that draws attention because what you do bears witness to others as well. But whether it does or doesn't, God was at work and approved of what? What they did, how they lived, how good of a person they were. He approves them by their faith. So the gift God gives becomes uh, the way God approves of people, too, which is really kind of fascinating. He, he takes care of it all. I'm going to give you faith, and I'm going to approve of, of you because of that faith I've given you. So the remind... people in the past—oh, go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say, it just reminds us of uh, Habakkuk, you know, the righteous shall live by faith. Um, It it speaks that way in 10 verse 38 too, but my righteous one shall live by faith. How do we get approved by the Lord faith in Christ, which like you said, is kind of ironic because it is faith by the Holy Spirit um, that God himself gives to us. But yet that's the same, uh, same way that, that we are approved by him is by his work. So it reminds us of, of it isn't like us reaching halfway up to God and him grabbing a hold of us and say, good, you've, you've done enough. But it's more like he grabs a hold of us and pulls us up to him as, as this righteousness that he, he is righteous. And then he sh- power, sh- showers upon us as well. So it's, it's just this wonderful, all gift, just joyous thing to understand when we hear it
1: beautifully said. You know, you think of the Sistine Chapel, and you've got God uh, reaching out his hand, and his finger is about to touch Adam, and you've got Adam touching the Lord with his outstretched hand. Uh, Mm. Perhaps in the Garden of Eden, there was this this grasping a hold of each other. (laughs) Uh, But uh, really, there's a chasm between those two fingers, uh, because sin, rebellion, brokenness, uh, our own uh, enmity, uh, with the Lord and with the world, uh, has caused this great divide. And all our reaching never gets close to God. Uh, but instead, he grabs a hold of us. So the people of old received their approval the same way. God came and grabbed them and approved of them. And then if you look at the the names that we'll get to, uh, they become uh, signposts down the hallway of Of faith uh, of those in the eternal realms now which we get to be included in who uh, God grabbed and said this is what walking by faith looks like it looks like building a boat on dry land with no precipitation telling everybody that the storm is coming and then when it does I validate what you did Uh, but before then it looks like you're crazy well Being a Christian today is going to be a little tougher than maybe it has in the past. And walking by faith will look a certain way. But that's exciting because that's when God shows himself at work. And that's actually when we, I think, grow in faith too. Mm -hmm. And we
0: see in verse 3, by faith we understand the universe was created by the word of god i mean this this there, there's a lot we could unpack there as well the rest of our time but one of the one of the, the 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 realities of this is we weren't there at creation and so um that we have to live by faith and i think in a worldly sense a lot of times people will say well you know since you weren't there you can't say for sure well we can say for sure when we believe in the Holy Spirit, can, that we can confess faith in the Lord, because it speaks that way in the Word of God. John chapter 1 speaks this way. Obviously, Genesis 1 speaks this way as well, so that we might not have been there, but it is God who can make something out of nothing. Exinilio is is the, is the language that's used. That does not make sense um, in our, our logical way of, of thinking in our world or our orderly way of thinking, I should say. Um, But it makes sense in faith, which is an important reality for us to know that we can trust in that because, well, that's what God does. Your thoughts on the creation piece in verse
1: 3? It's interesting that he starts there. He doesn't go into, uh, the Hebrew writer doesn't go into any other uh, confessing doctrines of faith in the intro Uh, He doesn't need to. He he sums it up by the word of God, by which all things happen. Uh, But you made that great point that uh, people will say, well, you weren't there at creation to know. And and really, for evolutionists today, since this comes into that context a little bit, uh, they weren't there when the Big Bang happened either. Yet they say it's true. Well, how do you know Uh, At some point, you have to follow, and and our lives are filled with this, following that which is trustworthy. Well, what's trustworthy or who is? Uh, You know, buildings do age and collapse. Uh, People do falter. Even very trustworthy ones make mistakes. They do things wrong. They go back on promises. The only thing or person to be absolutely true is the person to whom we confess our lives and center him around is Christ Jesus. What he says, he does without fail. Uh, anywhere else you turn, well, then you're relying on something that isn't completely trustworthy. Uh, so seeing versus believing, right? Mm-hmm. That God made out of what was not seen, things that are now visible. We tend to want to believe what we see. Jesus himself says, blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Because they're trusting in in the person that is totally trustworthy, our Lord Jesus. Destroy this temple in three days, I shall rise. No one's been able to ever repeat that feat but Christ did. And then that all shows in uh, the eternal concept, or not concept, but promise that Jesus brings in his resurrection as well. There is uh, an eternal heaven to enjoy, a presence with the Lord that is yet to come. These things you haven't seen yet, but they are there, and they are yours by faith.
0: Now, as we look at that, Pastor, um, it, it leads us to the the figures of the Old Testament who believed that same promise, had the same faith in the promise that we've we've uh, that we know by Scripture with Christ, the Word made flesh. So I want to read verses four through six, and I want to, you want to see the dichotomy here: Abel and Enoch, who have uh, two. They're they're very both men of faith, but they experienced two different things. Verses four through six, by faith. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, I want to highlight this and I want to hear your thoughts too, pastors, is, is the author is smart. He knows what he's doing. So you have Abel, the first one to experience death, mm-hmm. and you have Enoch, the one who never experienced death. And he connects them both together by faith and then tells us the importance of faith. How would you unpack those uh, these two figures and verse six that kind of wraps it together?
1: You know, as we've said so often, you can go on forever on some of these things because there's so much to mine out of them. But Mm -hmm. it is interesting, not only the first person to experience death and the first person to not ever experience death. uh, They're also very obscure. Now, we've all heard the story. I shouldn't say all, but many of us know about Cain and Abel to some degree. Uh, and Enoch, he, he gets a little notoriety because he walked with God and was no more. But Scripture doesn't tell you much about mm-hmm. these two. Mm-hmm. When you move on from here, you've got Noah and Abraham and others. And, and there you've got a little more uh, traction in Scripture that describes more about their life activity and what was going on. But Abel and Enoch, very little. So it's interesting that those are the first two. He doesn't talk about Adam. He talks about Abel. Abel's accept, uh, sacrifice was acceptable to God. Why? Uh, he gave it willingly by faith. And though he died, he still speaks. That, that phrase catches me. Though he died, he still speaks. What is he saying, Brady? What is he saying, though he died? That's worth pondering. Is it that uh, his gift, that living by faith, was a worthy sacrifice? Hmm. Was it that uh, even though I I died because of my brother's jealousy, the Lord still lives, and therefore I, too, still live? There's something uh, about faith the author wants us to see that life or death doesn't matter. It's that God gives, and that witness still goes on, whether you lived forever or died in this earth, because the promise that in the Lord you still live forever. <laughs> I think there's, that, that's powerful. You, you're right. Abel and Enoch both receive different endings to their earth story, but that's not the ending. Because Whichever you, path you go.
0: Right, right. Pardon? This is this wonderful reality of Abel's story sounds horrible. Like, well, what's I it good to being faithful if that's a story? And then, and then Enoch has a wonderful story in many ways. Where we're like, that'd be great. I wouldn't have to experience death, or, or if I, you know, if I loved one were to go to heaven without experiencing death, there'd be a certain amount of comfort that's there. And both of them, I think, wraps together in verse six. First of all, Abel, when he gave a sacrifice, he did it in faith. He was the first one to offer an acceptable sacrifice. And we hear from this and from Genesis, uh, the implied nature of it, that Cain did not give it in faith and Abel did. And Enoch in faith uh, was found to be pleasing to God. Why? Because without faith is impossible to please him. Um, and yeah. that, is, that is such a, a, a huge, uh, that is such a, a powerful statement for us to realize that it is faith. It seems so simple, but yet it is so profound. Um, and, and then uses a language, would draw near to God which is also another very strong um, language here in Hebrews where God draws us near, that when we draw near to him, he is welcoming us with many gifts and many and, and his grace and so forth. And for me, it just reminds me of uh, this people you, you're drawn to for certain personality traits. And for God, we are naturally drawn to him on account of Christ, which was true for Abel, which was true for Enoch. And it's true for us as well. Pastor, I I want to give you about a minute before we keep moving forward, because we have to keep moving (laughs) forward. But what do you have on on that, those verses? Uh,
1: Just to to wrap up that we all would prefer to be Enoch, probably.
0: (laughs) It sounds
1: cool (laughs) to not see death, but to trust the Lord and walk into eternity. Uh, But again, the emphasis here is that live or die on this earth, uh, horribly or peacefully, is relatively immaterial in the grand scheme of walking with Christ. Paul puts it this way for me to live as Christ to die is gain, that we do not need to fear that. Instead, we are given the promises of Christ for ourselves, which include eternity, a rich and beautiful eternity. But also then whichever way we go, so to speak, we are part of the bearing of a witness. You know, Abel still speaks. People know of Enoch. Even though it's a small passage, it's important because we see what faith gives. Gives life. And God has promised that we can be a testament to others, regardless of how painless or painful things become. And that's all only-
0: temporary. It, it, absolutely. So let's move to, I want to get to Noah, verse 7.
1: Uh, <laughs> by
0: faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning the events as yet unseen, in reverent fear, constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. So once again, by faith, 18 times throughout this chapter, by faith, Noah did not see the flood, but yet God gave him the word and he believed the word and then he lived accordingly. What's so powerful about Noah's story here? I can give you another minute cuz I also want to get to Abraham.
1: <laughs> no, I know. I know we're, we're too much to cover. Uh Noah first of all is uh well the, the the fact that he builds a big huge ship in the middle of nowhere for no apparent reason. You got to think his neighbors do think he's a bit whack. Uh, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> He does it because he knows the Lord is going to make good on his promises and that the Lord also promised to uh, redeem or save him. But uh, the the part that I think is interesting is by this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. You know, his act condemned those around. Why? Because they refused to believe. Mm. And he becomes an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Why? Because by doing, by believing, by holding to the promises of God, he receives the fulfillment of the promises of God. The flood would come. Noah experiences it. But he also experiences that uh, the Lord will deliver. Because he does. Moving on.
0: And, yeah, there is. There is. I mean, this is something to unpack in your own personal study is just that reality of him building the ark condemned others, not because he was going around telling everybody, because he built that in faith. And everyone else probably looked at it and said, what is this crazy person doing? But he did it in faith, showing us once again, Lord, help us to live by faith, as you said at the beginning, Pastor, because it is in faith that we are indeed saved. And And once again, that's a gift from the Lord himself. Let's do this. Let's go through 8 through 12 because they come together with Sarah and Abraham. Verses 8 through 12. By faith, Abraham opened when he was called to obey, excuse me, when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who, was, who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven and as many as innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. Now, Pastor, I, you know, we have about f- about six minutes left, so I really wanted to make sure we got to this and we could wrap the whole thing together. But Abraham and Sarah are really those that really would have, would have uh, Noah would have too, but Abraham is the, the guy, and Sarah is the gal that Jewish people would have heard and really perk the ears up. You know, Father Abraham and many sons, they would have their own version of that song. Um, <laughs> but they hear this.
1: The grains of sand, yeah. Exactly, yeah.
0: And so many, so much richness here. Why is it so huge that he brings in Abraham and the faith story that is there? And Sarah?
1: Well, as you know and I'm sure many of our readers know, the real promise of uh, deliverance through a people came here in the Abraham story. Uh, The covenants with Abraham changes everything. Uh, God had alluded to uh, that or he had made that promise, but alluded to it in Genesis three. Through through Eve would come someone who would crush the serpent's head, but uh, that that was not known what that was going to look like or when or where or how. And then when God comes to Abraham, he begins to flesh that out through you all the nations of the world will be blessed. Through you, you will have descendants as numerous as the stars. Uh, be a blessing. There, there's the, that impetus to be a witness as well in there. So this is, uh, especially for uh, the Israelite faith uh, in the Old Testament, this was the central event at that point. And then, of course, a lot more history happens with the exodus and, and the, the exile and all of those things too. But, but they always go back, even in the time of Christ, to being children of Abraham, uh, as if that is the connection that saves them or keeps them close to God. But the Hebrew writer will tell you, it's uh, it's not so much your blood relation to Abraham that connects you, it's faith in the promises. And you see how Abraham's played out. He was called to receive an inheritance to a place that he didn't know before. Didn't know where he was going. He lived in tents in a foreign land, had children uh, in a foreign land. And and verse 10 is rather striking, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer Mm. and builder is God. That kind of just comes out of the blue. I always like those. You know, you're, you're cruising along and you expect some things to happen, and then suddenly this tidal wave from the side hits you, and you're like, where did that come from? But this is critical because the uh, writer of Hebrews wants us to realize that, that these people who lived by faith were not simply looking at the land before them and saying, or, or the thing before them and saying, this is the fulfillment. No, this was a small piece. This was like an installment. So Abraham buys a field Uh, And after Sarah dies, he buries her in that field, which would later become part of the the land of Israel, the promised land. But he would not ever actually get to really live there. Hmm. Uh, But he did it by faith. Was he so worried that he would be claiming the land? Well, certainly it was a fulfillment of what God had promised. But Abraham was trusting that the Lord was going to provide for him eternally not just for 40 years on the earth or 50 or 90 or whatever it is, but that the promise was much greater than that. He was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. That just sounds tremendous to me. And then you, then you bring in Sarah and, and I don't know if you want to comment more on Abraham before we move on to her.
0: No, we have about two minutes, so go go with Sarah, please.
1: Yeah, she receives power to conceive, and that's another fascinating section. Uh, you know, she's way past menopause. She's way past having any kind of psych, birth cycle where she could gain pregnancy. She's uh, dried up and aged, uh, and yet nothing stops God from doing what he's promised to do. And therefore... Abraham, an old man, as, seven, as verse 12 puts it, the, him as good as dead, and her, very old, they were given descendants. Now, it goes on to say that there were as many as the heavens, the stars of the heavens, and as you like to read, innumerable grains of sand on the seashore. Uh, <laughs> but they didn't get to see all of that. They didn't see children that were multiple. They saw one son. But whether they saw one son or thousands of sons wasn't the issue. It was that God was making good on what he promised. We need to have a child in order to have multiple children, right? You've got to start somewhere. Hmm. God gave them that. And Abraham and Sarah ended up believing that God would make good on Those promises and of course the writer of Hebrews here doesn't get into all the nitty-gritty highs and lows of their journey he's talking about the overall perspective that at the end of their time was one of trust and how was that trust established by a God who would not let them go Hmm. Uh, if you were to dive into the specifics you've got uh, Abraham and Sarah doubting and uh and this is just one instance but but saying uh lord we don't have any children uh so i'm gonna sleep with hagar my uh, wife's maid and she produces a child see this could be the heir. then lord you could fulfill your promise and god says no that's not how i fulfill promises by you trying to take matters into your own hands i make promises i keep promises your best bets is to simply trust me to make it happen. And That's our time. He
0: doesn't say, "Every day." That's our time, Pastor. <laughs> all right, Pastor David <laughs> Hines of Trinity Lutheran Church in South Rapids, Minnesota, giving us God's strong word from Hebrews chapter 11. Pastor Hines, thank you again for being our guest.
1: It's been my privilege, Brady. Lord's blessings to all of you.
0: Saints of our Lord, we have hope, the same hope as those who came before us, that in faith in the Messiah, we are there are better things, heavenly realities to the age to come, the heavenly homeland, the heavenly city, the unshakable kingdom. And not only is that there then, but it is here now, and it is all yours in Christ. I'm your host, Brady Finner, and pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hands.